And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, August 7th, as we are well into past the first week of the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 training camp, but our first live stream since training camp kicked off. As always, I am Alex Kazora. Joining me is Dave Bryan here till 8 p.m. to answer whatever Steelers questions are on your mind, and I'm betting you have a whole lot of them. So while I get the rest of the stream set up, Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm doing great. And Friday cannot get here soon enough. Yep, that is the Steelers preseason opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let me go ahead and turn on, hit this one switch here, and we can get going. We'll start things off here because I know you guys probably have a ton of questions. And so Dave and I will try to get to as many as possible you guys could like the stream would really appreciate that it'll bring more people to the stream bring more Steelers Nation together and if you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered by Dave and myself and done so as soon as possible you can send this a super chat no obligation to send the super chat but uh, always appreciate it let's start off here with the man of the hour and Kendrick Green a question from Matt Bell who says hi Dave and Alex if Kendrick Green ends up being the team's fullback and Connor Hayward has moved to the third tight end, how does that affect Zach Gentry's chances of making the main roster? I think it, it's probably taking that a couple steps too far, Matt. I think what's happening with Green is fun and, and interesting and will continue this summer and potentially a role in the regular season, but I don't think it's going to have the domino effect that you're that you're getting at. Yeah, first and foremost, let's uh, let's get him in, into this first preseason game and and you know see see if they uh, you know I think at this point I wrote about it you know uh, first thing this morning was the fact that you know I think everybody will be surprised at this point if he doesn't get uh you know some snaps at fullback so let's see how how he does and you know let's see how he how his play is on the offensive line and kind of kind of take it from there I mean Alex and I this morning did did talk on the podcast about you know could could you could you reasonably work out a path to the 53 forum uh and and I think the answer is yes but you know as far as green versus gentry at this point I I would pull back the reins on that because you also got another young player in 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 Darnell Washington uh involved there and it's not like gentry's costing you a lot of money so there are a lot of variables to that my main focus right now is just getting into this uh first preseason game and seeing how guys like green look not only at center but you know potentially as at fullback as well yeah I, I think you said it well let's see how he looks Friday let's take it one step at a time he still has to prove himself as an NFL offensive lineman. That's where he's going to play the majority of the time uh, this Friday. It's going to be at center. It's not going to be nearly as many snaps at fullback as it will be in the middle. But he certainly, I think, will get a couple of snaps at uh, at fullback. Mike Adesso, who was at Friday Night Lights driving up from Miami. So nice to uh, to meet Mike and say hello to him. He's been a big fan of the podcast and the, uh, the site for a long time. He says, does it seem like does it seem any more likely that Gentry makes the team after two weeks? I'm still in the camp. They're going to keep all their tight ends. I don't know if Gentry will be active or not, um, but I think they want to have that backup plan where if Darnell Washington is active and getting the hat over Gentry, if he were to go down, they have that big body type of blocker as a backup plan because of this run heavy physical identity this team's trying to build. Yeah, and look, I mean, if he if he Darnell does what you know the kind of stuff that 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 you know we think he can do in the preseason at all, uh, especially in the run game, going to be hard not to get him a helmet, you know, to uh, to help out with that. So, uh, as I always like to say, these things have magically have a way of working themselves out, and and we've still got you know several weeks to go. You know what uh, from from Sunday five? What is it? Uh, for five more Sundays to go. So a lot can happen uh, between then. So I mean, I, do, do I know exactly whether or not Darnell Washington is going to be active or inactive for the first game? No, not at this point. But once again, I mean, I, I think if you see what you want to see out of him, especially as a as a run blocker, going to be hard not to give him a helmet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's see from Mutated Genome. Hello, Alex and Dave. Who has most impressed you and who has most disappointed you so far in camp? I know you're not there, Dave, but I'll let you go first because I went first the last couple of answers. It, just from what you've heard from me and you've seen some of the video and read the reports, who's somebody that, that sounds impressive, appears impressive, and somebody you maybe were wishing to hear a bit more about? 
Yeah, I, I and, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with secondhand information there, right? And, mm-hmm. a, and a few clips off, off of the internet. I wouldn't say that really anything. I, I will tell you this, the things that have kind of stuck out uh, to me. First and foremost, uh, we've, we've done a lot of talking about Elijah Riley. I, that, that's somebody that I really want to uh, uh, see how he performs in the slot here during the preseason because kind of going into camp and all like that, kind of wondering if he really had a legitimate shot at, at, at winning that slot position. It sounds like, according to you know everything that you've putting out there, Alex, that uh, you know he's having a good camp and, and is legit, a legitimate uh, candidate to win that spot there. Uh, I mean, George Pickens is just doing George Pickens things every day, so that's not surprising. Uh, I like the fact that some of the stats that you put up, uh, uh, and yes, we know they're only training <laughs> camp stats and all like that, but the whole Calvin Austin thing and 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 the explosive plays. I mean, look, we've talked several times. This offense has got to have more explosive plays in 2023. And if you go back and look at what Calvin Austin did at at, at Memphis and and his explosive play rate and all like that, you know, it's obviously worth getting excited about. Uh, as far as disappointments I mean I, I well look another name you know Kenny Robinson we've talked a lot about Kenny Robinson how he's mm-hmm. kind of come out of nowhere it's gonna be interesting to watch him you know until we get past the first preseason game it's unfair for me to sit here and say well this guy's been disappointing because <laughs> I, I haven't seen him you know sure yeah for me I echo all the the surprises I think Robinson has kind of felt like this year's camp darling the ball skills the aggressiveness on the football and the guy can hit and has some size while he's maybe not as versatile as an Elijah Riley hasn't you know really played anything other than safety he's been available when that line's gotten thin and the guy's got three picks in training camp and that's gonna get you noticed Joey Porter Jr.'s had a you know not that that's a surprise but just guys having good camps has a small ankle injury right now but he's gonna be okay um, you know, in terms of disappointments, it is harder to think about those. And I do have a generally a more positive lens before the game start. And you can really review things, especially O-line, D-line play. I would just say two things on that. I was hoping there'd be more competition for that third running back spot. McFarland's had a really fine camp. And so it's not a critique of him. I just thought maybe you'd hear more from Darius Hagens and Alfonso Graham getting hurt. I thought there'd be more of a battle there, and there really has not been. That's been maybe one of the most surprising things in a slightly negative way this camp. And again, not as much his fault, but for DeMarvin Leal to miss quite a bit of time in training camp so far, to not get a real good evaluation on him as we head into our first uh, preseason game has been disappointing. Now, I think he's going to practice Tuesday in full. He looked very close to a full return on Sunday's uh, practice, but I was hoping to be able to report back a bit more about Liao. All right, next question comes from AB. says, hi, Alex, love your daily camp diaries. Thank you so much. Two quick questions. How has Kenny Pickett's overall accuracy looked year one, two, year two? And who is your surprise cut this year? And am I nuts for thinking it's Mark Robinson? To address the first question, the accuracy has looked fine. I think there's still some short area work to be done in terms of ball placement, but overall his accuracy um, has not been an issue that I've seen so far. Surprise cut, I, I have to think about my next roster prediction. There's going to be some tough ones to make. I know, Dave, you had mentioned about Mark Robinson just as kind of a throw-it-out-there idea conversation starter. That inside linebacker group has been really competitive and, and pretty strong in camp so far. But I still think Robinson's going to make it. I think they keep five guys, and I have a hard time believing Robinson will not be one of those five. Yeah, look, uh, if you look back at uh, you know my initial fifty-three man, I obviously had Mark Robinson on there. But but as I've stated on the podcast and all before, just how 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 safe is he? I mean, I I put it to you this way: I'm not writing him in pen just yet. I want to see him get through a couple of these preseason games. I mean, obviously he's gotten more more than his fair share of reps. Uh, I think you even stated in uh, uh, w- with a couple of those guys dinged up uh, that that you know, Robinson was getting some first team reps and all like that. I just worry about his inexperience because once again, that, and that this is why he is a guy that I really want to watch you know a, a lot more of during the preseason because we're talking about a guy that only played 50, less than 50 defensive snaps last year uh, during the regular season. Uh, most of those came in those final two games of the regular season. 
And on top of it, it's not like he got a whole lot of burn on special teams there as well, too. Now, look, I have I, I, I'm not concerned if you throw him out there on special teams that he's not going to give you 100 percent effort and probably make his fair, fair share of, of, of tackles. But I think where the main concern comes in there is is with him is just his overall experience at playing the, the you know, the linebacker position. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he moved to the position uh, during his last year at, at, at Ole Miss and then obviously, you know, he, into the NFL last Last year, uh, but you know, once again, he only was active for and, and played in what four games in, in 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 total. So there's still a lot of unknowns that we have about him. You know, really, much in the same way as, as Calvin Austin, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, we think that we know what we know, but everything that I know about Calvin Austin at this point, outside of what you've passed along at training camp last two years, goes back off of his Memphis tape, you know. So. Uh, I mean, would it would it be a huge shock if Mark Robinson, you know, doesn't make the fifty three? I, I suppose in some eyes, but once again, I I, I want to get a, a you know a longer look at him during the preseason. And once again, he was on my initial. And like Alex said, it's, it's hard if you're going to keep five inside linebackers, which I'm pretty sure that this team's going to do. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's really hard not to make him one of them. I'm with you. I know he lacks experience, but the only way to get experience is to play when you're in. You're an inexperienced type guy. That's the only. That's how every player has ever done it. So you know how much will he play this year? I'm not sure. With Alexander signing, he's going to have a defensive role. I'm pretty sure of. So it's going to be tough for Robinson, but I think he makes the team. And where it goes from there, we'll just keep watching. Uh, from a fellow, Alex says, "I like to hear you guys, your guys' thoughts on Harris and Warren. Is there a significant?" gap in talent between the two running backs could Warren start to get more carries I don't know how you define significant I think they're gonna have the same roles as they did at the end of last year Warren third down back some early down rotation Harris first and second down guy Um, I think that's gonna be the, the script Pittsburgh works off of to begin 2023 kind of a thunder and a lightning type situation here right you know, uh, I think two, just more thunder, two, thunder, both kind of power bowling uh, balls. I don't know, Warren. Uh, you know, you get Warren that ball out in sure. space. I, I think he can get you more explosive plays. I think so. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Then a guy like then Najee, and I also think uh, on a uh, ex- uh, an explosive carry rate when it comes to carries, and obviously Warren's probably not going to have you know uh, you know a ton more than last year. But I, I think he has the ability to deliver to, to to give you a better opportunity at explosive plays than that. I, I really expect them to kind of keep a, a little bit of a governor on on Najee uh, mm-hmm. uh, this year because I, I do believe that they trust Warren more, uh, and I think we saw that late 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 last season. And I think you I don't I don't think the drop off is significant by getting Najee off the field. To, to help with his health and 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 workload by putting Jalen on there. That's a fair point. I'm with you. I don't think the talent gap is enormous. And I think, you know, Warren has been just a feisty competitor from the moment he's, you know, was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and, and Harris, I think, is still a talented guy who will run behind the best offensive line he's run behind since he played at Alabama. And so I think both guys will have good seasons. You know, real, real, real mm-hmm. quick. I have this in a spreadsheet I was playing with last night. You here. in a spreadsheet? Uh, <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> just, uh, just uh, I, I constantly and and I have like nineteen of these things open at one time, <laughs> and I, I often lose track of them and all like that. But look, I I wasn't a big fan, obviously, of running back in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because I feel running backs are, are are fungible. But when you go back and you look at uh, uh, that year's draft, and you know, we always do that post draft. Uh, redraft exercise right after the draft and all like that to see you know who 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 people would have you know taken instead of the pick here in between the next Steelers pick and all. If you look at the list of players that were taken, you know uh, uh, from Najee on down until the Steelers you know second round pick pick that year, uh, and you start going going through all of them, you know how many players on there really would you have taken had you not. You know, this we get the luxury of, of having it in, in a rearview mirror right now, right? Sure. So, so how many how many guys drafted, you know, from Najee until the Steelers made their second round pick? How many how many of those guys would you have actually picked instead of Najee? 
And I'll, I'll just just to, uh, I'll hurry this along. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll rattle them off real quick of the names, and and people in the in the chat can mm-hmm. can chime in. All right, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, Greg Newsom, the corner uh, went to the Browns. Rashad Bateman, Peyton Turner, Eric Stokes, Gregory Rousseau, uh, Odofe Owe, uh, you know, defensive end for the Ravens. Uh, Joe Tyron. Uh, Tyson Campbell, Elijah Moore, Javante Williams, Javon Holland, Landon Dickerson, Christian Barmore, Tevin Jenkins, Richie Grant, Levi Onwuzuriki, uh, Liam Eichenberg, Trevon Morig, Calvin Joseph, Walker Little, Jackson Carmen, Asante Samuel Jr., Aaron Banks, Rondell Moore, Aziz Ujulari, Sam Cosme, Jeremiah Awusu, Karamoa, uh, Dylan Randuns, and Deo Odin. Yeah, the Colts. Yeah, the Colts said Jeff Vanderbilt, dude. Boy, I couldn't pick a, 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 <laughs> a list of names ones. for for Dave pronunciation <laughs> guide uh, here, but but that's the list. How many of those names that I named off there? Who would you know? Who would you have picked of that group other than let's say Najee Harris? Sure. I mean, I think just off the top, the question will be who was the better back in the class, Etn or Harris? Etn had a really good year after missing his entire rookie season, so it probably starts there. I think Dickerson has been a good player. Holland's turned into into a good player for Miami. Uh, Bateman when healthy is a really talented receiver. So th- there may be a couple. I don't know what my what my answer precisely is, but there's right. there's some good talent behind. I think Harris there. Right, but it's a fun little exercise to go back to. Well, you know, and, and if if people get a chance, you'll know, just run over and look at the draft order and 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 run the exercise for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fun exercise, and it's something we do every year just to, to be able to look back upon a couple years down the road, as we're doing with Najee Harris uh, right now. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Tim Chase. Why is it such a secret with injuries nowadays? That's just how every team is. They're all a little, you know, healthy paranoia, probably, all trying to gain a, a winning edge there. So um, we've been able to report the injuries at, at training camp. I think you guys have a good feel for who's in, who's out right now, who's close to a return. So I think during training camp, it's pretty out in the open. And then, of course, the team has to release their injury report each day during the season or during whatever it is, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, and so you get a, a good feel for that then. Yeah, you're always going to have that talk about injuries and secretive and how truthful teams really are and all like that. So, I mean, uh, I, 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 you know, I think overall Mike Tomlin, because look, Mike Tomlin could could choose to say nothing every day after training camp practice. He's not sure. obligated to to run those things down. And the fact that he does give, you know, some days better updates than others. I mean, at least he does that, right? I mean, I and I figure. Uh, you know, we'll find out exactly what Corey Trice's, you know, knee injury is, is at some point, you know? So, uh, I just, during season, yeah, they're a little bit more secretive, but I mean, at least he, he provides some, some updates during training camp and all. Yeah. And the fact that training camp is open to the public, they don't have to make it open to the public either. There's nothing that says they have to do that. And so that helps us give a window into some of these injuries. Uh, let's see. LV, hi. I have not heard anything about Cam Hayward. Uh, is he as advertised? Yeah, Cam's doing just fine. He had a great long arm in the Broderick Jones the other day. That's one of those guys that I don't talk about much during camp because I don't have to I don't have to worry about that guy. I'm looking at everybody else on the roster. Cam Hayward is Cam Hayward, and there's not a, a lot of energy spent uh, confirming that, yeah, he looks good. Uh, DTG108, my first question for you guys is... Who are you each looking most forward to watching on Friday? Dave, you can go first. Yes. <laughs> I knew that was coming. A little more specific. Oh, man. There's so many of them, man. Y'all wrote about uh, Nate Herbig earlier uh, today. Obviously, Isaac Samalo in a Steelers uniform. I don't know how much he's going to play, though. Uh, it will be fun to watch the the Kendrick Green. I mean, every rookie draft pick that 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 uh, suits up for this game. Man, I hope Nick Herbig can get over this hip, hip pointer. Uh Geez, uh, Kenny Robinson, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about uh, quite a bit. Elijah Riley, uh, 
I want to see DeMarvin Leal get get some snaps with his hand in the dirt. Hopefully he's healthy enough to do that. I mean, there, it, it, this is like this first preseason game is like Christmas to me because I'm not there at training camp and I'm having to get my information from. Yeah, I trust Alex's, you know, uh, reports and all like that. But I, it, there's nothing like getting eyes on things uh, yourself. So, I mean, for, for me to sit here and say which which one I'm specifically looking the most forward to, I I, I can't because it's just such a long list. Sure, I'm with you. You want to look at everybody, you know, the guys, even the guys you feel like you, you know about watching them in camp, you want to see them inside a stadium. And so that's going to be really important overall. If I had to give just a couple of names, Calvin Austin, I think it's going to be one year exactly since his foot injury when Pittsburgh kicks off on August 11th, which is a pretty cool milestone for Austin um, to, to play in that first game finally. Kenny Robinson, you know, that, that camp darling, can he, uh, you know, be able to, to carry that over? And then Keanu Benton, I uh, want to see him see some of those trench guys as well. So I think those are, are three names that I'm looking for. Uh, let's see, next question comes from, and we had uh, Ali Howard here, and, and hello to him. Uh, a comp question for you, Dave. I'll let you take this one. If Kevin Dotson is retained throughout this year and walks in free A, uh, free agency, would the Steelers get a compensatory fourth-round pick? Uh, well, I mean, it depends. A, uh, if, if you know, obviously he would be an unrestricted free agent, you know, after this year, right? Right. So if he, right. if he does leave. So if he does leave, what kind of season did he have? Uh, what What's he going to sign for? It would have to be a pretty, sign, you know, a fairly significant deal for this team to get the value of a fourth round pick. I, I think from where we sit right now, I think you'd be doing good to get a seventh round uh, value. And don't, don't forget you're, you're dealing with compensatory value here, not pick for pick because vi- picture it as a balance sheet here. Uh, you have offsets you know, on, on either side and this guy uh, signs for this X amount of money returns this kind of value here. But if we're looking, if you want to look at Kevin Dotson for one for one value uh, and let's say he stays on the roster and he leaves next, next, next off season uh, as an unrestricted free agent, I, I think you'd be doing good to get a seventh round value for that because I don't envision him playing uh, a lot at all. And I don't envision him signing a huge contract if he if he were to leave and sign elsewhere in the or early portion of free agency. Do you think Kevin Dotson is a Pittsburgh Steeler come September 10th, or do you think he's elsewhere? Man, I'm I'm kind of sticking to my story on that from from where I was a little bit earlier, at least until you know we see how some of these injuries and because look, one one injury can change us in a heartbeat, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, with it. But uh, I think my money would still be on the side of them maybe trading them. And what do you think the return for him could could potentially be? Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't trade him for just you know, uh, uh, if a seventh was all I can get for him. I mean, geez, uh, I I would like to think maybe a a uh, uh, sixth, probably uh, or a low fifth or something along along those lines. And look, that, you want to talk about a guy to root for to have a good preseason? For that reason alone, uh, it would be with Kevin Dotson. And uh, but. Barring injuries right now at this point, I, I my money is still on you know him being dealt for something there right right at the start of the season. Okay, I'm not sure where I'm at. I'm kind of fifty fifty right now to be honest with you. But the health of Pittsburgh's offensive line is the the first place to start that conversation. I got a two dollars super chat from John who says, "What should we What should we realistically expect from Kenny?" Yeah, I'll have a kind of a stat prediction before the year begins. I mean, if he's, you know, 20 touchdowns, sub double digit interceptions, you know, manages the game relatively well with some big plays late, you know, more explosive plays downfield, uses his legs some with, I don't know, three rushing scores or so. That's probably what my expectation, my thoughts are from him. But I really hadn't sat down and thought about it too much. I want to just watch him all this summer and then kind of have a thought as we go into the fall. Yeah, look, I mean, I, once again, we'll get through the preseason and all on him, but I mean, I, I would like to see him exceed some of those over-under numbers uh, uh, that are floating around right there over the, what was it, like 18 and a half uh, touchdowns and, I don't know, what was it, 3,400, 3,500 passing yards. More importantly, though, keep the interceptions down, keep the sacks down, get that adjusted net yards for passing attempt number uh 6.5 or better. I, I I think if you look at the second half 
uh, second half of the season uh, minus the Saints game because I think he was sacked like five or six times in that game. I think if you look at that kind of in a vacuum without adjusted net yards for passing attempt number, uh, it, it, it's 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 pretty respectable. It's it's where probably you would expect a rookie to be uh, in that. And I think he can take the next step forward in that. And look, if he's not turning the football over and if they're winning it, you know, if they're doing the things in situational football that they need to do, especially in the red zone there, whether and whether it's with his arm or with the legs there, uh, I will say this. I think so. a reasonable expectation with him, and this is just very raw uh, number, I, I just think he can exceed 6.5 adjusted net yards for passing attempt number. And if they do that and he, and he stays healthy and the rest of the team isn't turning the football over, I think they have an opportunity to win some games. Yeah, I think so. That, that's a good target to hit. So I'll have hopefully a better answer for you uh, come uh, September 10th or right before then. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for being here. Please like the stream. Dave and I here for just over another half hour, answering as many questions as possible. So be sure to get them in as soon as possible. Jonathan Stevens has a question. He says something he's not heard much about, some of the special teams guys missing from offense, Snell and Watt, for example, who replaces these guys since there's no fullback and Ant-Mac is not an ideal teamer. We'll be able to examine that more in-game. During practice, it's a bit more skeleton, but in terms of the punt team, you know, for example, Snell was a wing on there. We've seen Elijah Riley, Trey Norwood get work there. Miles Killebrew is the up-back, replacing Marcus Allen. So some of that will still be to be determined, especially as you get into a game. It's hard to really evaluate special team success and capability, and just, you know, they never tackle in those sessions or anything like that. So... You kind of find that out whenever you get into an actual, uh, you know, stadium. Look, there's several guys to keep eyes on in, in special teams, not running back related. Now, look, it will be interesting to see, you know, uh, if if Anthony McFarland Jr. can get himself attached to at least maybe one special team uh, unit. Uh, but, you know, guys, we've already talked about uh, Kenny Robinson, Elijah Riley. What's what is, you know. Uh, Chandon Sullivan, what, what, you know, what can his additional usage be? Uh, obviously you see, you expect the guys like miles Boykin, uh, to come out of the gate strong. Connor Hayward's a good special teams guy. Uh, man, uh, who else? I mean, uh, either muse or Kwiatkowski, if mm -hmm. you're one of those guys, we talked about Mark Robinson, uh, early, he's probably going to get some burn, uh, in, 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 in this thing as well too. So, uh, look, you can count on us tracking those special team stats, uh, snaps and stats throughout the preseason because they, they just mean so much when this team uh, builds the bottom end of the roster. Sure, that, that's a great point. So certainly one other element to watch in this preseason game is some of that special teams because it is often how these guys on the back end of the roster make the 53, not just what they do on offense or defense, but the team's aspect is really important. Got a question from AI221. If Calvin Austin surpasses Gunner as the punt returner, kick returner, could you see the team keeping only five wide receivers in Johnson, Pickens, Austin, Robinson, and Boykin and elect to keep an extra defender on the final 53? Absolutely. If Austin is the return man over Gunner, I'm not sure if there's a six wide receiver worth keeping on the 53 and that creates a spot elsewhere, probably defensively for an extra cornerback or defense alignment or one of those positions where there's a bit more of a log jam. Yeah. I, if you were to keep a sixth receiver right now, who would it be on your list, Alex? If they, if you told me today they kept six, I would assume that Gunner made it for, for what he can do as a return guy and that Calvin Austin didn't show enough to be confidently this team's return man for week one. All right. Uh, I mean, to answer the question, I think it's plausible that, that, that only five are kept. Uh, once again, these things have what we're talking about right now might look a lot different uh, uh, two weeks from today, you know, as far as injuries and who maybe you're having to carry one extra because of an injury or, 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 or whatnot. And and you've you've said Gunner hasn't had a bad camp even as a wide receiver, right? No, he's been very good. He had a good camp last year and a good camp this year. Look, uh, uh Hakeem just really, it, it, it doesn't appear unless, you know, injuries happen. It, it just doesn't feel like he's going to make a run at this thing. Uh, Cody White might be the dark horse in this, though, right? I mean, he's had at, a really at, good camp, but. 
as as a as a potential. Let's say Austin does well on returns mm-hmm. and 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 functions well as a wide receiver, but yet this team and and uh, I mean because Gunner's not, I mean he's cheap, but he's he's middle of the road or, or uh, cheap, you know, uh, bottom bottom of the line cheap. Uh, yeah, or not, top not of the a, line a, cheap. Not a minimum type guy. Yeah. Right. Not not a minimum guy there. And uh, you know, Co- Cody can give you more on special teams, and Cody can move around. You know, just like I I, I think Gunner can there. So maybe by the time this thing shakes out, you know, in, in, after the next couple preseason games, maybe maybe they'll be looking at 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 keeping Cody, you know, a, 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 as a number six and only dressing five on game day. Yeah, I just see Cody White as prime practice squad material. I think that's kind of where his home has been. I think that's where that'll continue to be. If something happens in season, he gets to call up. Uh, Globo Jim saying to bounce Boykin and keep Cody White. Boykin's been he's such a good gunner. Yeah, he's going to have to beat him on special teams because Boykin, that's, that's Boykin's, Boykin is the offensive version of James Pierre. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you know, so look, it's, it's not unthinkable that Boykin, doesn't make this roster, but who is going to, you know, who's going to step up over him, you know? Yeah. I and mean, it, and maybe, maybe it could be Cody White. Yeah. And he can play teams. He can cover, but he's not, I don't, I don't think he's the top level guy that Boykin has shown to be there. Got a couple of super chats in one follow-up from John M who says, thanks for the answer. Asking about expectations for Kenny Pickett. No question on this one. Just wanted to show some love. Appreciate all you guys bring to Steelers nation. Thank you, John. appreciate the Thank support you, here tonight. And a thank, five- you every- thank you, everybody, showing up. Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Good crowd on hand. And from George Vukovic, who says, Nothing to ask, just a thank you for making the offseason bearable. You guys are the best. Alex can start saving for his second Porsche. And that $5 nah, one, will get one me. Porsche. That $5 one Porsche is enough. Will get me a lug nut, maybe, if that on that uh, second Porsche. But no, I appreciate that very much, George. And thank you so much for following along with Dave and myself. Get back to the questions here, as Dave and I are here for the next half hour with you guys and again after friday's game we'll have film rooms and breakdowns on the channel on the site oh, i and can't so, wait i, I can't <laughs> wait alex <laughs> we are ready to go when you said earlier it was like christmas i thought you were going to go with a different cr word that was a little little less legal than christmas i didn't know which oh, way okay. you're going with that one but uh, appreciate it keeping a pg here for the the kids who might be listening uh jay hollick says do you guys know who ran the steelers practice while tomlin was in canton could you foresee Tomlin allowing another coach to coach a preseason game similar to what Rabel is doing? That's an interesting question. Mm. In terms of who was coaching on Friday night, I, I I tried to look. I really couldn't tell. I think Danny Smith was a bit more active and vocal, but he's always active and vocal. Uh, Marcel Pastor, the strength and conditioning coach, usually has kind of a role here in terms of running the card and getting guys from, from place to place. I mean, you know, generally these practices are run by the positional coaches and there's a pretty ingrained structure to how they work. So it's not like the head coach has a giant role there in the first place. But um, to the second question about would Tomlin allow somebody else to do that, I think I think he'd be open to that. I think he's a guy that wants to give others opportunities. That's, that's, a, that's a good thought. Uh, during, during what, preseason? Yeah, during preseason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who would it would be Matt Canada? I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, uh, like a Terrell Austin or yeah, maybe a younger guy. Yeah, may, maybe an Austin or something along those lines. Uh, Grady's going to be an up and coming, yeah. isn't he? My, my worry is Grady's going to be gone by next year. I think he's going to get hired as a DC somewhere, maybe as early as 2024. Mm. But that's a good thought on Grady Brown. Yeah, although he's usually up in the booth, I think. And so he'd have to come down, which I mean, he could do, but. It's a good thought. I, I I think Tomlin wouldn't be opposed to it. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. Uh, let's see if I scroll back up here to try to find the next question. Uh, let's see. That comes from Mike Adesso asking about emergency quarterback. Yeah, as you note here, Mike, the new rule kind of takes care of that. If they ever had a situation where they were out of quarterbacks, they'd probably run a bunch of Wildcat with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, something like that. All right. Let's see, Seth B, do you see Pickett thinking faster and playing more decisive? I think that's key to his leap more than throwing accuracy or velocity or whatever. It is a really big key. Yeah, I kind of get that sense. I think he's certainly more confident and he can be the leader. And anytime you're a second-year guy, especially a quarterback, you know, you're the starter the whole way through the process. It's easier. You probably can decipher things a bit quicker. Am I? Can I point to specific plays where I've seen that? Probably not off the top of my head. But I imagine that just comes with the growth of a second-year player in general and certainly a second-year quarterback. 
Good answer. Uh, give me the family feud there. Good answer. Good, good answer. answer. Good Low answer. sauce. Do you think Kenny Robinson makes it and Miles Killebrew doesn't? Killebrew's going to make it for special teams. He's going to be the captain on special teams this year. I think Robinson can make it and Killebrew can make it as well. I think really it's Robinson versus Trey Norwood. Two dogs, one bone for that final safety spot. Okay. Uh, hello, Dave and Alex. This is from John Pennington. Are there any players you want to you want to make it to their practice squad for depth? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably a ton. Cody White's a, a good example of that. Um, I, when I create my roster prediction, I'll have a you know mock practice squad as well. So him, Dylan Cook at tackle is kind of interesting. Um, some of the DBs, I think Luke Luke Barcou's made some plays, has some size. Madre Harper, another guy in that cornerback room. Anybody come to mind for you, Dave? Uh, repeat the question. Uh, are there any players you want to make it to the practice squad for depth? Any kind of ideal practice squad types? Uh, I mean, not off the top of my head until watching some yeah. of these, you know, preseason games. It, 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 you know, it's hard enough trying to put put together a fifty three man roster at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, our David O was at practice, and he makes a comment here. Pickett's back shoulder passes have looked unstoppable. Yeah, they've been really effective the last few days. Jesse Hernandez, Alex, counting everything you've seen throughout these practices, are you still interested in putting Nate Herbig in the middle, or would you keep him solely on the edge? I assume that's Nick Herbig. I get my Nates and my Nicks um, mixed up all the time. No, I want to see him on the edge uh, until, you know, until he can't play there, and so I'll eat some crow there for critiquing Pittsburgh for initially wanting to put him on the edge. I still have some concerns there. It's been a good camp for him. Games will be different, but sure. I'm, I'm, I understand Pittsburgh's approach of he was an edge guy in college. Let's keep him an edge guy in the NFL until he proves he can't be an edge guy anymore. Look, uh, you, you hit it. You hit it right on the money there. I mean, at this point, look, he's, he's having a good camp by all accounts right now. Good get off and all like that. Obviously working close uh, would, would, would pick in TJ Watts uh, brain and all like that, but let's get underneath the lights and let, let's see how it goes. Uh, you know, that way. And especially against the run, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because look, there were instances, instances uh, at, at, at Wisconsin against some of the, 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 the bigger name, you know, big 10 tackles and all like that, where, you know, he got bodied around quite a bit there. So, I mean, look, it's okay to be excited about him. He deserves every opportunity he, he gets right now to show that he can or cannot play outside linebacker there, but we've, we've got to get past training camp. We've got to get, you know, under the lights. I mean, he, he, if he's healthy and he, and he can get past this, uh, this hip flexor at all, as Alex and I said on the on, on on the podcast, I mean, this guy could very well lead the Steelers in total uh, snaps throughout the through these three preseason games uh, because of what the burn he's likely to get on on defense and on special teams. Right. My concern is though is that he might miss this preseason opener, and you only get three games this year and uh, the past couple seasons, so. One missed game is one-third of that opportunity, but hopefully uh, he'll be out there tomorrow. We'll let you know if he's practicing or not. I think I just last thought, as a pass rusher, the size didn't concern me as much. Run defense was the concern about the lack of size, lack of length, and that's that's still kind of to be determined on Nick Herbig. A couple of questions kind of similar from Seth and George about Canada's uh, evolution of the offense. Do you see a different style? Do you see kind of different things? Yeah, there's a couple different things. They may be a little more screen-heavy this year with a more athletic and cohesive offensive line. Yeah, I'd say Malu at left guard. If Broderick Jones starts at left tackle, that's obviously an asset there. But I would say it's generally looking the same. I don't see any drastic differences. I wouldn't expect to see drastic differences in year three of Canada's OC tenure. I mean, there's a couple small wrinkles in there in terms of some of their pistol and pony, which isn't really different, but you've seen more of, and some slight wrinkles and motions and design swing screens and, and things like that. But on on the you know overall viewpoint of this offense, it's basically the same. And it's going to be fairly vanilla throughout the preseason. So don't make you know hard, you're looking at player performance there, uh, less so about scheme. I wouldn't. It, 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 people are going to get upset. I know if if you know they don't see them score you know, <laughs> 30, 30 points in preseason games here or something along those lines. Here, I mean, yeah, we'll be looking at scheme obviously, but I mean teams generally keep it pretty vanilla because the idea is to to get the players to play fast right. and so so you're able to evaluate them. Exactly. I think people think it's vanilla so teams can't get a game plan on you, but I think it's more about, as you said, them playing fast, not thinking, and allowing them to really just play to their ability. 
97 here in the chat. Really appreciate that. Can we get triple digits? Probably been a little bit since we hit triple digits consistently for a live stream coming off the off season. So if you guys could like the stream, tell a friend to come in, hang out, ask a question. 20 minutes left. would really uh, appreciate that. Sebastian making the point about Kenny Robinson might overtaking might be overtaking Norwood's roster spot. That's possible. Like I said earlier, I think it's two dogs, one bone for them. Uh, Zygmunt's asking, do you think it's a foregone conclusion that the Steelers uh, won't win the division? Other divisional rosters seem less deep at skill positions, pass rush quarterbacks more injury prone. No, I wouldn't call it a foregone conclusion. I think it's possible, but I think the Bengals have the right to be the favorite right now. Yeah, and I, I think it's the Bengals and the other three is the way I look mm-hmm. at it right now uh, here. And look, a lot of things, injuries can turn this thing upside down in a heartbeat. I, I, I think one of the positives, uh, if you want to hang your head, and, and look, and the Steelers have had a lot of, for, for, when it comes to the Steelers and offseason turnover, this is a this is a really turned over roster mm-hmm. uh, o- overall. Uh, so we, but you know, going back to last year, the fact that every team in this division went three and three against each other, right? You know, right. Uh, uh, and the fact that the Steelers were able to hang in that and get their, their part of the three and three, I, I think speaks a little bit. Now, once again, it's a, it's, it's a, a hugely changed Steelers team, uh, this off season here. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they won't be able to compete for the AFC North title. I think first and foremost, though, you look at these first six games, though, it would, it would behoove them to come out kind of quick on that because especially look you got one against the the, the the browns in there right and it feels like you got some potential you know winnable games uh within those first six as well too uh and obviously i think this team's got to go th- at least three and three within the division to have a chance to win the division but with uh, with all that said and done i think the Bengals have every right to be considered the favorite now as far as the pecking order to me it's the Bengals and the other three in there sure that, that's a good way to go about it i think each team in the north is is optimistic and hopeful and believe that they can a get to the playoffs and b potentially make a run so yeah it's not you know, this is not that the arizona cardinals and they're going yeah we, we're not going to win the division this year i mean pittsburgh has a chance are they the favorite no and probably not all that close to being the favorite but they certainly have a chance uh there's no question about that Seth says, do you guys see a world where Pickens is the number one receiver in terms of most targets? I like Deontay, but Pickens' talent is just silly. Time to feature him and force defenses to stop him, right? You know, I don't want to say that there's no scenario in which Pickens can't be the true number one statistical receiver in this offense. I think that gap between Deontay and Pickens' numbers will shrink a bit this year as Pickens becomes a more well-rounded type of guy. But I think, you know, he, because he's still a bit more that vertical clear out, you know, front side of the formation, some more traffic kind of guy, I think Deontay's always going to kind of get the most number of targets because his volume share is still pretty heavy. And with both those guys, uh, the I, I'm not I'm not concerned about which one has more catches or more yards, sure. to be honest with you, uh, uh, when it comes to uh, My gut tells me that Deontay will slightly lead in both those categories at the end of the season. But as you said, I, I think the I think the uh, uh, the gap, you know, uh, could look one of those guys better not miss a game because it could be the difference in it, you know, uh, uh, when it when it comes to that. But here here's the thing. Um, you got to get the ball to both those guys out in space better, both of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Pickens has talked about, you know, working on more slants and middle of the field stuff and all like that. So they, regardless, they have got to get the ball. And Kenny's talked about this as well. Too. They got to get the ball to those guys out in space more where they have the ability to get those extra yards after the catch. They cannot be at the bottom of the league like they were last year in yards after the catch. Cause uh, you're, you're going to that, you know, you, you're going to run the risk of being on, on the losing end on a couple of those games. Right. They, they have to improve that. That's one of the key core stats that we'll be watching and tracking on basically a weekly basis. Joey Jr. with a comment says, I hope Warren takes Harris's job by next year. So that's a comment there from Joey Jr. Tigers fan 42, what are the differences you've seen so far between Broderick Jones and Dan Moore? Still evaluating that. Obviously, Jones a bit freakier, more athletic, more more comfortable in the system. Dan Moore is there, kind of a play on words. Um, so that's probably what I've seen so far. But we're going to keep watching and, and get a feel for that, um, you know, during these preseason actions. 
Uh, Dave, any thoughts there on? I guess you you haven't seen it yet, but but in terms of Jones versus Moore. Yeah, I, I want to see him. I, I, you know, it's another young player that I'm looking forward to see. You know, under the lights there. So uh, I'm going to punt until I see uh, more more play hit. You know, get get more action there, and then obviously Jones's first action. All right, good deal. Let's uh, get back to the questions in terms of the 15 minutes that we have left. Let me scroll back up and. Find it. Uh, if I can see about those people asking about Tyson Campbell and your question you had asked earlier. Um, let's see if I can find a question. Is uh, this is from Brain Cells on Fire? Hey, Alex, is Kenny underthrowing too many receivers on his deep ball, and is he using the back shoulder as a crutch? I wouldn't call the back shoulder a crutch. It's a really effective play. Some big body receivers who can catch the ball, and so use use it as much as possible. There's been some underthrows, but there's some speed at receiver and some chemistry to be built. So. You know, Pickett's arm's never going to be fantastic or amazing, um, but I'm not particularly concerned about whatever lack of arm strength Kenny Pickett, uh, Kenny Pickett might, you know, might be lacking in. All right. Uh, let's see what we have here. Um, Mike Adesso joking. Is Kyle Dubas already better than Omar Khan? Definitely heard that topic today. Gotta love Yinzer Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, that's uh, the, the Penguins GM uh, swinging that trade for Eric Carlson, which seemed to be... Uh, a really good deal overall. Uh, LV, with Calvin Austin being so small, is there a concern with him getting injured doing returns? I mean, I guess naturally, but a lot of a lot of success, uh, successful return guys have been smaller. It's kind of their their world they live in, so it's not a concern enough where I'm going to not put him out there. Right, right, exactly. And look, I mean, I, I understand the concern. Uh, I mean, he's one of the, you know, when, when you look at, uh, guys that the Steelers normally draft, especially in the first four rounds, he is a little undersized compared to, you know, kind of, kind of recent history with, within that. But, you know, he's, he also has speed and elusiveness and, and, and stacked up the explosive plays. Look, it's a big season for him, you know, after missing, you know, obviously getting hurt, you know, with that foot, uh, as a rookie, uh, but you know, the, the early returns at least are good. Mike Tomlin had a lot of praise for him coming out of that practice the other day there. So, uh, let's get him in a stadium, something we've never seen yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Tim Chase, any tributes to Stan Saverin at a game this year? Not that I'm aware of, but hopefully they do something, even just an acknowledgement of it during a halftime or something, I think would be a really good gesture, but I'm not aware of anything announced by Art Rooney or the Steelers. Uh, Let's see what else we have here. X856SG still worried about the cornerback depth chart. He would like to to see another veteran corner like uh, Bryce Callahan or... Kyle Fuller. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Adrian Estrella has Joey Porter Jr. been defending clean after five yards, or has he been drawing flags for hand use? I don't know if the refs they flagged him once in a one v one on a go route. Um, they, you know, there's probably a line to walk there he'll have to, to find in the NFL, but I don't think he's been overly grabby or anything that would give me a high level of concern. Who's that with Porter? Yeah, with with Ed Porter Jr. Yeah, look, I mean, they they obviously, uh, you know, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, somebody talked and said, you know, they've been talking to him about, you know, how 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 he's got to watch his hands and all like that. So, look, we'll see when he gets in there, right? You know, he, either mm-hmm. he's going to start stacking those holding or pass interference calls, or he's not. Right. That's that's the the black and white nature of this. Uh, do we know how serious Nick Herbig's hip flexor is? That's from William. We don't. I think it's relatively minor based on what happened after the injury. He stood around the rest of practice, but he may not be available for the uh, opener. We'll have to see how tomorrow looks. Yeah, look, uh, you would ha- you would like to think with, let's see, there's the Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday's kind of a walkthrough, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's a closed walkthrough. Yeah, he's probably going to have to be, you would, you would like to think that he's at least going to have to be on the field going full by Wednesday uh, to, 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 to give him shot, give him a shot to play. You would think, right? But Mike, what Mike Thomas? I'll go ahead and tell you what Mike Thomas is going to say. We're going to uh, leave, leave the light on for for, for him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted on tomorrow's camp diary in the injury report that we pass along. AJ Schlemmer says, "Is Kim Hayward still looking dominant as always, or is Father Time finally catching up to him? Haven't heard much about his camp performance." Uh, Camp performance. I answered that earlier. Yeah, I don't pay a lot of time to Hayward, but I watched the long arm on Broderick Jones knock him down. Literally, he's still looking as strong as ever. 
Jamie says, what's the word on Quincy Roche and Chappelle Russell? Roche, to me, has been generally quiet, kind of more third team, outside linebacker. Russell, I think, has actually made some plays. Good energy kind of guy, but just lost in that shuffle of all those really talented inside linebackers. But he's a potential practice squad guy. Uh, let's see what we have here next. Uh, fantasy question. What is the average number of carries will Najee get compared to Jalen? Still thinks Najee will get 70%. I don't have a, you know, concrete number. That sounds about right. You know, 65, 45 maybe, but um, that sounds about right. Dave, your thoughts on the Harris-Warren split? What'd you say it was? Uh, 70%. What do you think the, the split between Harris and Warren is? Yeah, that I mean that you know I it, I think it'll be slightly elevated from from last season. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, that's probably about what it is, and there may be some ebbs and flows uh, throughout the game. All right, uh, let's see. Any concerns with Kenny Pickett looking flat-footed in the pocket? I feel like I've seen a few highlight clips that just jumped out to me. Don't recall it being an issue in the past. I haven't noticed, but we'll see it more in game. But I have not. Uh, had that that feeling or that concern. Okay. Uh, how is nose tackle sizing up? It's been a good battle. I think Adams and Benton and Fajoko have all looked very good overall. So I've been I've been very happy with how this nose tackle job uh, this battle's been been going, and I'm not really sure who's going to end up truly being this this starter in Week One. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if anybody can over you know Montrevis is a guy that I did not have on my 53, and he's still running. I think first team for the most part right according mm-hmm. to you yeah he has been so but i think benton's look had his moments and i think fahoko has been really strong run defense throughout camp all right so it'd be interesting to see uh uh you know over over the preseason here if, if he can be overtaken yep well i'll be watching that as one of those battles about 10 minutes left here uh drunk turkey show that's a heck of a name says hey y'all what are your thoughts on elijah riley and his chances of making the 53 Dave, you and i talked about him earlier today mm-hmm. i think potential rundown slot corner I think he entered camp either right on the bubble or just outside of it. I think as things sit here today and still a ways to go, but I think he's on the inside of that bubble now. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I, you know, just off of your camp reports alone, I've become uh, cognizant of the fact that he's he's in play for sure to make the 53. And it'll be interesting to see if it if it comes down, if it's a either-or situation with him, him and Chandon Sullivan, uh, or could it be a situation where it's both? And or could we get late into preseason here and they still wind up bringing in, you know, a veteran or something like that there. So uh, definitely a guy, once again, that going into training camp uh, was was really unsure you know, w- w- what to do with him. Did not have him on my 53. But as this thing has progressed going into his first preseason game, I don't think you I think he's got to be in the conversation of being a serious candidate to make 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 the 53. Yeah, I think so, too. And so we'll just keep watching. I think it's looking less likely they bring in an outsider, but still possible based on injuries and just how how the, the rest of the summer actually goes. Uh, Mike Adesso with a couple comments about, you know, Raven Clark struggling, Deontay Johnson, the route running, and also just happy about Patrick Peterson, you know, giving tips and sharing his wisdom. Yeah, that veteran presence, I think, that he and Allen Robinson uh, will bring are intangible. They're, we can't quantify them, can't put a number on it, but it's been probably really, really important. Yeah, good, good ads just from from the veteran knowledge, presence, and ability to work with younger players and not keep anything from them. You know that that, that aspect, uh, that alone, uh, uh, makes those guys valuable. Got a really generous twenty dollars super chat from Tony Anderson, who says, "Thanks for being honest in the great Steelers coverage. You're welcome, Tony. Thanks for being here." Is there a chance of Kenny Robinson, Trey Norwood, and Elijah Riley making the team? I think you got to pick probably two of those three mm-hmm. in terms of the 53. Uh, unless injuries, of course, change things, it probably won't be all three. My first thought when when reading that from from Tony was, I can see two of those guys making it, probably not all three. Yeah. And I, I think it might come down to a Robinson or Norwood. Uh, and we just had the conversation about Riley there. Sure. Jonathan Stevens, any chance Herbig is so good and ends up making it impossible to keep him off the field when 1956 need a breather, resulting in Golden, Marcus Golden, losing playing time? Dave, your thoughts on on that possibility? Look, I've I've learned not to when when not seeing young players <laughs> take their first snap of talking in, in some absolutes within that. Uh, 
look, I mean, a, I'm excited to see him uh, play and see what he can do uh, in in two different ca- categories. Obviously, as an edge rusher, and then second ag- ag- against the run. Obviously, I think he, if he's going to have any impact as a rookie, it would be more so as a pass rusher. Uh, but within all that, uh, look, I mean, we haven't. Marcus Golden's another year older. You would like to think that he could at least give you uh, what he gave uh, uh, gave who was it, Arizona last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, uh, unless Marcus Golden looks like he's aged five years in in one year, it's, it it might be hard uh, to to get Herbig on the field. You know, in 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 now look, do I think Herbig will play some snaps as a rookie? Yes. Uh, how he does in those snaps will obviously mean a lot. And if it, like like the commenter says, if it gets in a position where, man, he's coming in in these obvious run, uh, passing, pass rush situations, and, and he's getting pressure, I mean, it's hard to leave a guy like that off the field, right? Especially if Marcus sure. Golden's not uh, providing that. So it's more of one of those things, you know, if come, and, 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 and let's watch it play out. You know, my gut tells me at the start of the season, you're only going to see Herbig on special teams. It's a good problem to have, that's for sure. Much better depth, it looks like, this year than last year. If Herbig has a good summer, the way I think it might go is they play sides. Herbig at one side, Golden the other side, and that's how those two would rotate in. So they're both, they're all, everybody's always fresh, they're rotating in, both guys are getting playing time. That That's a possibility to that, but uh, Herbig, of course, has to carry this early success over. And look, you're one injury away from you know shaking all that up. Yeah, right, absolutely. And that's why they, you know, not only draft her big, but sign Marcus Golden as well for hopefully to insulate yourself as much as you can, insulate yourself against uh, injury. Got a $5 super chat from Seth B. Says, definitely agree, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson both need the ball in space more for Yak. So if the offense is structurally similar, what would be the path to achieving that? When I say structurally similar, I just mean in, in terms of formations and then the jet motion and just the overall look of it the route tree can be changed up i think for deontay he certainly can and needs to be used on more slants and middle of the field type routes and for pickens it was more of the natural evolution of his game where year one he kind of was who he was he was the vertical clear out guy and in year two you're going to start you know rounding out the edges in your game so i think you know structurally it doesn't have to change for pickens that much he just has to evolve as second year players tend to do and with Deontay, I think you just changed the, the route concepts a bit. Yeah, not so many comebacks and curls mm-hmm. with him. Give, give him. At least give him an opportunity to run backwards more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after, hey. After the catch. Hey, I'll be. Yeah. But uh, look, I, I, he's, I think he's, I, that's probably been made, made uh, apparent to him at this point. Just go get the easy yards. You know, I think in his head, he's trying to make a play. He's trying to, he's trying to take everyone to the house and, and that, that's, that's, that's mm-hmm. uh, getting them, you know, going a little bit backwards after the catch and all like that. And another thing too, that's been a constant problem with him is his, him losing his footing coming out of breaks. And that's, you got that, you, that goes all the way back to his time in Toledo there, you know? So, uh, but we do, we've got to see less of these curls and comebacks uh, to, 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 to all these receivers. And we do have to see more slants, more seam stuff, more, uh, you know, uh, uh, cross, you know, why, you know, uh, Y crosses mm-hmm. you know, over the top Yankee concepts and all like that. Cause you've got to get the football and, and people are going to get aggravated, but they, they probably need to run a handful more wide receiver screens to, to give these, if they get the numbers and the right look as part of an elongated running game, sure. because you, especially if you're going to have Calvin Austin out there as well, too, you've got to be able to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers out in space and, and let them do what they're paid to do. And that that's make yards after the catch. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. I really think the best thing for Deontay at the start of the year is to find the end zone. Just get that, just end that drought, the touchdownless, you know, I'm sure it, it weighs on him as heavy as, as anybody. And maybe he presses a bit because of that and gets extra frustrated whenever he can't get in the end zone. So if he could score in week one, man, that'd be the best thing for him to start a season off. Uh, a couple of minutes left. We'll try to get through as many questions and comments as possible. Uh, Jamie says, Dave admits, Dave admits the roster turnover. The credential talking heads avoid that truth like the plague. And so I guess you're the you're the truth teller here, Dave, about the uh, 
I think I think it's pretty obvious to roster turnover. I mean, look look at last look look at the roster now. Look at it from from last year. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to de- deny the hard facts, you know, when it sure. comes to that. Uh, let's see. Nola thinks that Pickens could be the goat. Still a ways to go, but wonders if Kenny has the arm to command a, a bomb happy type of offense. All right, I guess you know we'll keep we'll keep watching and see how the progression looks for both those guys in year two. Uh, CC about left tackle. Nothing indicates that Jones will pass protect well anytime soon. I was hoping the solution would be Washington plates next to Jones. Are they practicing that? I probably haven't paid attention to that in particular. So once we get into the game, we can probably see that uh, a bit more. CC have the Steelers restructured TJ yet? Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. They have not done that with TJ. Uh, not yet. Not not according to the morning NFL PA report. I I I. I uh, think that that's going to happen probably uh, that week after the final preseason game. Generally, if they wait this long, they usually wait because you want to make sure he makes it through healthy all of camp mm-hmm. and, and preseason and all like that. So, I mean, obviously they could do it at any time. It could show up uh, uh, tomorrow, but there's no reason at this very, very moment to do it. Uh, because they could even make, you know, with, with the available salary cap space right now, because you don't have to worry about those in season, uh, costs until right at uh, final cut down, like practice squad and 52nd, 53rd man and, and in season cap allotted. And we still don't know what the total amount's going to be on IR. They're already up to almost $1.5 million in players in, in, in IR at this point, And those count against the cap as well, too. Uh, I, I just think history tells you at this point now that they'll wait until uh, that last week or last two weeks uh, before restructure his contract. That way they've got a better idea of what they're going to save on mm-hmm. the current rule of 51. Cause look, there's going to be, there's probably going to be a handful of guys that are currently in the rule of 51 that don't make the roster. And if those guys are replaced by minimum salary guys, you know, there's a little bit to be saved with each one and it might make a difference between fully restructuring TJ or just doing a partial uh, restructure. That's yet another reason for them to hold off as long as, uh, you know, uh, uh, as long as possible. So I would think maybe the last week or last two weeks before the, you know, the actual first week uh, is when they would do it. Got it. That makes sense. Retro step. How has Kenny's deep ball accuracy uh, improved? I think it's about the same. I think his accuracy on the deep ball is not not an issue. I think he's still a little bit more. He prefers the sideline throw. He's kind of like Ben where he prefers single high and then just chuck it deep. And he's got some targets to do that too in, in, in George Pickens. But uh, I, I, the only comment I would have there is I want to see him probably work the middle of the field vertically a bit more than I've seen this camp. Joey Jr. says, I am so rooting for Kendrick Green. Uh, is a, he is, is a dog Good for him. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I get the general gist. He's rooting for Kendrick Green. Uh, Holman's asking, how is Mason Cole doing? He's fine. He's solid. He's consistent. There were some snapping issues, I think, early on um, in camp, but overall, uh, he's a, a steady Eddie type of dude. What else? Just do we... keep him healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. What else? Poor, do... poor guy had to gut through, gut, gut through a lot, I, I think, uh, what, from about the middle of the season on, didn't he? Yeah, he was. Ne- I don't know if he was healthy the entire season, to be honest. I think he was even kind of dinged up in in training camp. Um, not that it matters much. I'm just seeing the tweet here from Adam Schefter, just kind of the funny role reversal. So you know how Kendrick Green's getting compared to Patrick Ricard? Uh, according to Schefter, Ricard is now exclusively working with the offensive line after he was activated off of PUP. So Green goes from O-line to fullback, Ricard goes from fullback to offensive line. It's a funny world we live in, Dave. You never know in this what in <laughs> what you're gonna wake what you're gonna wake up to when when you know covering the NFL. You that's, just never know. That's for sure. Just a couple more comments here. Woods twenty three twenty three says game number one in four days. Excited for that. We're excited as well. Jamie says how many linebackers typically on the fifty three? It's nine or ten. I'm thinking this year they're gonna keep nine. That sound right? I right. It sounds right to me right now as well too. Four outside linebackers, five inside linebackers. Uh, feel feels right as we sit here right now. Nick says, "Who starts at inside linebacker? Um, isn't this the best? Isn't Quan the best inside linebacker that they have? What have you seen in camp? Still watching, still evaluating. I think Alexander will have a defensive role, even if he doesn't technically start. I think you're going to see a rotation there of names. I don't think it's going to be just two guys and, and nobody else. So." Uh, it may be some sort of combination of Holcomb and Roberts and Quan Alexander. All right. 
M456, are you ready to say you were wrong on Herbig being an outside linebacker yet, Alex, or do you still need to see more run defense? I'm open to it. I think I've, you know, I I, I now understand Pittsburgh's point, but I want to see more run defense and, and go through this summer before we're, we're still 10 practices in and only a couple of them in, in pads. So there's still a long ways to go. Right, right. Uh, how many or will any starters play on Friday night? I forget what they did last year. Do you remember how they handled starters last year in their opener, Dave? Uh, no, I don't, but I can go back and look real quick. Okay. I mean, I know I, I, I know the starters played a fair amount last year. Um, this this three preseason game situation, the starters tend to play a bit more. There isn't, you know, first game, fourth game, starters sit, second, third, they kind of play. It's a little bit different calculation now. So I, I know they that. I know they had uh, I know they sat a couple guys with uh, uh, some of the some of the start Moots uh, did not play last year in the opener. But there here was here was a starting offense, according to the game book. It okay. was uh, uh, more uh, Kendrick. Gre- did Kendrick Green start the preseason at left guard? I think he did. Didn't he want Dotson banged up or something? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Okorafor, Kevin Rader got to start at tight end. Uh, the wide receivers were Pickens, Olszewski, and Sims. I think, uh, what, Deontay banged up with something? Yeah, Or, or so. was it the contract I, or just, just getting conditioned off the contract or something like that? And they started Trubisky and Anthony McFarlane, obviously Najee. Here are the guys that, that – Notable guys that did not play last year uh, in the preseason opener: Claypool, uh, Deontay, Najee. Ooh, who else was notable? Said Fryermuth, right? Uh, Fryermuth, Minka, Cam, uh, Hi- uh, Highsmith, uh, Ogan, Joby, uh, Fryermuth, Watt, Alualu, and Hayward. Those were the okay. notables that did not play. Uh, in the first preseason game. Now, some of those guys I th- may, may have been a little banged up, you know, in there. But uh, Mike Mike Tomlin should lay out. I, I'm expecting, you know, everybody that's healthy on that first string offense. I could see him playing at least a series. Does Najee Harris play, you think? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I don't Najee know. does. I, I wonder if, I think Warren does, but I wonder if Warren even will play. I think he probably will uh, a series or two. I'd I'd want I'd want to get them all out there together. To be honest okay. with you, uh, now whether whether they will or not, we'll obviously see. I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see that first string offense play a series. And Mike Tomlin should have a presser Thursday. What time? What day does he do his uh, pregame presser? I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds right. What? So Wednesday uh, or Thursday? Yeah, well, it might be actually Wednesday. Cause I don't know if he talks after practice. It's one of these practices where he doesn't speak afterwards. So yeah. Anyway, we'll find out, but probably expect some of the, the superstars, big-name guys to, to sit, and, and we'll take it from there. Uh, is Kendrick Green really working on ball security drills? He is. The Seals account did not lie. Uh, he's out there doing that. Um, we'll see if it continues, and that probably is going to wrap things up. We're a little bit uh, running long here, but that's okay for the first stream since training camp began. Thank you guys so much for the support and being out here today really good turnout really happy with you guys asking questions and dave and i will return in two weeks to talk about some preseason action some football inside stadium should be a lot of fun so thank you guys for being here dave as always thank you for being here and thank you for doing this and carrying it along uh all i had to do is sit here and answer some questions (laughs) thank you everybody for uh for showing up tonight peace and love to uh, all of you stay safe All right, there'll be an archived version of this on Steelers Depot in just a little bit, so if you missed part of it or want to go back and listen to the whole thing again, you can do so on Steelers Depot 